technology and acquisition to citizen services and mission execution. A culture shift is underway with federal government leaders increasingly seeking out solutions that disrupt the way business has traditionally been done. Here we connect with those government and industry leaders driving this change and driving the real results in support of their agency mission. This is Keeping IT Brief. I'm being joined today by Dr. Ron Moody, Chief Medical Officer, and Dr. Kenyon Crowley, Health Analytics Lead at Accenture Federal Services. Ron, Kenyon, thank you so much for joining me today. Ron, let's have you kick things off. Can you give us a sense of the breadth of problems AI has the potential to solve within our current healthcare system? Hey, Marian, that's a that's a great question uh, because you know the healthcare healthcare system is so broad, and often people start thinking about AI in terms of this automated physician in the future that will help them either make decisions by itself. But really, the spectrum that AI can help is across the entire uh, healthcare delivery system and in the delivery of health, uh, to include patient engagement, administration, healthcare operations, to include finance logistics, as well as research and then directly supporting um, personal health, as many of us are getting done right now uh, with the with the wearables that we have on our wrist. So artificial intelligence is uniquely poised to help to revolutionize healthcare, right? Health research, uh, how we deliver care, and how we actually engage people to maintain their 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 health. Um, AI in many industries, right, has produced huge advancements in their efficiency of operations, their use of data, and understanding of what they do. Uh, but AI is just a component of that. And in that big part that I was talking about at the beginning, where, where we talk about clinical decision support and making decisions, that's probably going to come in the future. The real current value, right, in Accenture Research estimates that really about four times that value of would be in the healthcare administration and processing, much more than that support of the initial uh, preliminary diagnosis. Clearly, that time will come, but there's a lot of value in, in using AI today. Um, can you? Yeah, great points, Ron. Um, I'm also very excited about AI and the promise it holds, but also wary of some of the uh, challenges that must be overcome to get there. Uh, you mentioned the importance of an administrative tasks, and I think that is a very exciting um, area, not least of which because we know the physician burden has increased dramatically, and it's, it's a real issue for um, the industry. So by using AI to take on some of the rote task burden, whether that's things like automating the documentation of notes or not just workflows that can be in which one can apply intelligent automation to make that data accessible in, in different contexts. These are particularly well-suited for AI. And I think we, too, need to remember that AI, while it's called artificial intelligence, it's really about augmenting intelligence. I think the importance of keeping a human in the loop in most AI processes um, is critical. I think AI is also particularly well-suited for things like pattern recognition. For example, in an imaging study, perhaps there are minute patterns indicative of a tumor or an embolism, being able to spot those that might not otherwise be spotted. And while some of the clinical use cases are in the future, I think there is um, a lot of promise there. I mean, there's an ever-expanding set of biomarkers, drug-drug adverse events, a new understanding of disease, precision medicine, and omics. So being able to sort through that and find the right information and deliver that 
to, to the clinician and the patient at the right time uh, is key. And lastly, you mentioned engaging patients, and that's an area I'm particularly passionate about because I think um, patients are all different and unique. They have different values, different things that motivate them, different levels of health literacy or numeracy. So being able to figure out what type of message at what time works for a patient, I think, is an exciting area um, that AI can have an impact. Okay, so Kenyon, continuing with you, what is responsible AI and how is it being adopted within the healthcare industry on the government and the commercial sides, respectively? Uh, great question, Marin. We do hear responsible AI and also called trustworthy AI in the federal sector quite a bit. And it's about designing, building, and deploying AI in a way that's empowering users in society. And so what that means is that it's having fair treatment for different groups. Um, you also can understand responsible or trustworthy AI as including things like accuracy, explainability, interpretability. In the healthcare sector, we think very much about privacy of data, making sure that that's being taken care of while still enabling algorithms to use the data. And then also the issue of safety in AI algorithms is very important in, in federal health. Um, it's also based on, it's on the premise that AI can only be as good as the data and the algorithms that are used for their development. And I think most of which, I mean, by doing all the elements of responsible AI and using established frameworks, you know, Accenture, we've, we've built frameworks. We're helping agencies do this today. On the federal side, NIST is pioneering use of different AI standards for industry as well as government. So it's an exciting time to be part of part of this debate. Kenyon, those are great points. And I would I would I'd like to turn the phrase around a little bit, right? We, it's not so much responsible AI, but as you were alluding, it's the responsible use of AI. So let let's face it, no matter what uh, data set you use, what framework, uh machine learning will never be a hundred percent to have a hundred percent unbiased algorithms, nor will it be a hundred percent accurate. But humans involved in those decisions today are are none of those either. When when I was I'm a family physician and when I was being intern and being trained, right, uh, no one had me document the algorithm I was using to make a decision. I was judging on whether I could come up with the with the right decision given the information I had. And with the volume of information, that ability to to use the data more effectively and consistently is going to help. That's part of what AI can do. So, you know, healthcare research has often taken research data on a few and extrapolated that to large populations with sometimes unintended consequences. I think here's where we make sure that we keep this in the right order, right? Ours is the responsibility. As you said, the human in the system, the AI should be, should help us be responsible, but it, it really must. Uh, the responsibility realize with us, we don't, we talk about uh, implementing res- responsible scalpels or prescription pads. What you were saying is true. We should have transparency about the algorithms, the data used to create them, so that it's the ability of a person to know that they're applying it correctly. I also think it's very prudent, right, that you have a way to to look at what outcome did the al- algorithm, did the AI provide, and did it help the process to get better, and if not, why? So that can be looked at, right? To summarize, I, my, you know, my belief is AI will never be perfect, nor nor humans, and that's not that shouldn't be a barrier to going forward. We should have responsible ways that we're using things, measuring outcomes, and making sure that AI is contributing as part of a process to monitor and improve evidence-based healthcare and outcomes. I really like that, Ron. And I'll, just to emphasize one of the things you, you said that I think is critically important and sometimes gets conflated in the debate about the use of AI, it's what is that baseline performance, right? It, is it the human or is it a 99.9% accuracy rate? Well, I think in many cases, it makes the most sense that it's really, are we getting better than a individual human on average for providing that decision? 
or supplementing that process. And so by using that, I think it's a fairer estimation of the performance of A and also helps us to understand better how do we design systems so that the AI and the human can act in the most synergistic way possible, which is another area of exciting research that um, we were working on here at Accenture. Okay, now let's go back to Ron. Um, how can we improve the adoption and use of AI in health services amongst patients and providers? Again, another great question. I, and I look at the, to the area, two, two primary areas. One is pragmatic innovation, where we're using AI to solve problems today and deliver better outcomes. And then people begin to see how it's used, how it's accepted. You know, we have AI around us all the time now, driving of our cars, weather forecasting, things that we take granted for every day. Uh, so I think, I think the part is that we, we put it to use where it has been shown to be very effective and let people get comfortable with the fact that it is a tool and how to use that tool. The other part of that truly is, is, is education, right? We have to educate people about what AI is, right? And how it is used. And, and with that, it's, you know, AI is just that. It is a tool. It is not something different. It's not arbitrary or other. It, like many other aspects or things that we, we do every day. And with that, providers, and I would say other individuals shouldn't be concerned about losing their job, but advocating for best evidence-based use and implementation of how to improve that. And we shouldn't fear change, right? Um, you know, healthcare has continued to change the, the amount of healthcare data. Uh, literally is is literally doubling every three to four months now, as opposed to used to be per decade. And without some external augmentation to our abilities, it is going to be hard to appropriately apply that and give that personalized and precise um, medical care that Kenyon was mentioning. So again, I think it's educate yourself on how AI has transformed other industries. It's examining uh, where that can be applied today in in your work environment. Uh, and then realize that these are tools and those tools will require us to augment and improve our skills and understanding to, to use those just like other tools in healthcare have. Yeah. Great, great points, Ron. Yeah. And I, I also look at how we can improve the adoption of AI from a user experience uh, point of view. So meaning how do, how do we make sure that the user experience is seamless, transparent so that when healthcare professionals or patients are using those systems, they understand clearly what the AI is recommending, why it is recommending, what it's recommending, and what they can do based upon those, those recommendations and be confident in, the, in those next steps. Um, I think an interesting area as well is that uh, recent research has shown that allowing users to have some control over the performance of the AI algorithm can engender a greater ability to adopt. For example, you know, different clinicians may have different risk preferences or different patients have different values that should be prioritized in determining what might be their best uh, treatment um, course. And, and I, I would add to that, right? So it, it, it's interesting, right? The spectrum of AI, machine learning, natural language processing, all these items are going to change our paradigms about how we can move forward in healthcare. And, and we have, let's face it, we've struggled uh, to achieve the triple, quadruple aim of healthcare. Healthcare costs in this country, both fees and total against GMP are large. And so advent of AI and, and data in general has to be part of that larger strategy for us to come up with that success, right? And so AI is part of a strategy and it aligns with what I like to call our, our virtual first strategy, which is not about a virtual visit versus an in-person visit, but it's really a, a mindset, right? How do we do things differently 
to get pragmatically to get outcomes to improve the day. And then part of a strategy is where you sort of force to ask yourself, how do I use these tools to achieve an outcome? Because without strategy, I, my, my concern is we'll talk a lot about AI and we may actually invest in AI. And like with a lot of other healthcare IT investments, we'll have done a lot. But at the level that matters, at the individual patient uh, and, and, and at, the, at the larger national level of health equity, responsible care access, we won't achieve those goals we need because AI is part of that, part of a, needs to be part of a strategy, not again, just thought of as uh, an individual entity or a, a new shiny rock. It should be part of a bigger process. And we should be clearly, as Kenya was mentioned, uh, monitoring those processes to make sure we get the outcomes that, that that we wanted in the timeline we want. If not, ask why and, and learn from that. Well, gentlemen, this has been some really great information. Um, Dr. Ron Mooney, Dr. Kenyon Crowley, thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks. Been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, visit www.fedhealthit.com and click the Listen to Fed Health IT for this and the rest of our shows. Or check us out on your favorite podcasting platform.